Welcome to the Silver and Mature Womanpreneur Podcast, a podcast for and by women over 50, providing faith-building strategies for female entrepreneurs looking to achieve higher levels of productivity, capacity, and growth, where we strive to focus on God's agenda while building our businesses to serve our community with excellence. Welcome to the podcast. Now today, I have the pleasure of having Lisa Carmichael on the show. Now Lisa owns a digital marketing business where she helps entrepreneurs to stand out from their competitors and manage their reputation and legacy. She's also a published author and facilitates mastermind groups. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. I I wish you could see the big smile on my face because I just think the world of you, Aldrima. So I am just so honored to be here with you. And I am just as honored to have you as you are being on the show. So, Lisa, let's talk a little Mm -hmm. bit. I know I have a ton of questions, first of all, you know, but I want (laughs) to talk a little bit about your business, and what do you help people do? Because I know that I shared a little bit, but I think you can describe what you do better than I can. So let's start there. What do you help people to do? Well, I help people basically find themselves. I, you know, this all started on my journey when I left corporate, and I just felt kind of lost because it was so used to people telling me what to do. And through this journey, by becoming a published author, by starting my own business, I really came into terms of, of being me and being okay with me taking orders for myself and giving myself orders. Not that they're orders, but just my own advice, my own intuition, my own knowledge. Mm. You know, that's really good because a lot of times, you know, we don't recognize that those of us who are silver and and mature, and by the way, for those of you who are listening, Lisa is not silver, but she's very mature. So I just thought I would throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, guess what? I am a little silver. So during COVID, I stopped coloring my hair. And so I no longer color my hair, and I do have some longer gray strands, and I'm going to stick with it. There you go. So I have natural natural highlights now, as my hair person calls it. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful, by the way. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's very beautiful, yeah. So, um, and see, I did not know that. I mean, I stopped coloring my hair a few years ago because my silver just took over, and it was just getting okay. costly. <laughs> yeah, so, well, that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I say embrace the gray, so yeah. There you go. Well, you know, yeah. not to diver- yeah. diverge into it, but I always felt after I had my hair colored, it just wasn't, there was just something that just didn't look quite right. Mm. You know, I'd look in the mirror, and I'd be like, you know, it's nice, but it's just not, I don't get it. It just doesn't match me. And it, since I've stopped coloring, I can look at the mirror, and I, I know that this is what I'm supposed to look like. Wow. Well, you know, and so, that's, that's, yeah. that's, 
you know, and it, like I said, you know, embracing it um, mm-hmm. and listening, not not having or not allowing society to dictate, you know, what you should look like, but embracing mm-hmm. who you feel like you you want to look, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. and be okay, you know, with embracing mm-hmm. the gray. So, so yeah, yeah. But I didn't mean for us to get off on a tangent on that. <laughs> But I just thought it was important to point that out. So definitely, let's, talk about, definitely. let's talk about some of the things that you help uh, women do. So I love the fact that you are you have a digital marketing business. You help entrepreneurs to stand out from their competitors and manage their reputation and legacies. I love that. I had somebody help me create that with branding. And it's something that I've just truly leaned into. So the strong relationships, um, my marketing business has a focus on developing strong relationships. What I've noticed is like relationships that like you and I have, I feel Mm -hmm. like we have a strong relationship because I just feel so comfortable with you. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't there a year ago. And until I became a published author, the relationship that needed me the most was my relationship with myself. Mm. I mean, other than God. But I finally realized that I needed to strengthen the relationship with myself. And that Mm. was really the tipping point for me. That was like, that really made a huge difference in how I felt about myself. Uh, You know, when you show up in the marketplace, (laughs) You know, you got to show up authentically as yourself. And until you get Mm -hmm. that thing right, you're going to be, you know, suffering with imposter syndrome and, you know, going from here to there, listening to this guru, that guru, trying this thing and that thing, and really not having a good foundation in terms of who you are. Exactly. And because of that, when you realize that it's okay to be you, that is how you stand out from your competitors. Mm -hmm. That's how you become you. And actually, we shouldn't have competition. Our competition really should be ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I learned that because I worked retail, I worked straight commission. And (laughs) I'd like (laughs) blow people out of the water with my sales and they'd be like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you competing against me? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm competing against myself because mm-hmm. I'm the only one I can compete against. I couldn't wow. compete against them cause, because they couldn't keep up with me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so when I realized that I don't have competition and I've really changed and I want people and entrepreneurs to change into, instead of, Working with competitors, your competitors are really your collaborators. Yes. Collaborators. I'm trying to (laughs) collaborate. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, when you create those partnerships, you're developing a relationship. And, you know, one thing that they're really good at, you may not be good at. And one thing I might be good at, they might be better at. So those partnerships really turn into amazing um, things. Yeah. We should never see ourselves as competing against someone else because really in the kingdom of God, there is no competition. We are all, no. we are all collaborating 
and and focus and should be focused on the kingdom and kingdom business. And so, you know, even though you know you may do something that's similar to what someone else does, you know, in terms of your business, there is still you still bring your own experiences. You still bring your own um mindset and your unique way of doing things. So you bring those things to the to the marketplace and to the table uh even though it may be something that's similar. But you may I do love it, that. you you yeah. do it differently. And so that's mm-hmm. and that's why we should never uh see others as competitors. And it's dangerous. You know, you mm-hmm. you you, mm-hmm. you end up always thinking of someone else as a competitor, you know, and that's that's not a healthy place to be. I I think that's what I'm trying to say. It it, you know. it and it's not because I that's how I I feel like that's how I grew up. And I thinking back is when I wrote my book. Uh, I did a lot of self reflection of when I was young and how I went to school and how I compared myself to all mm. those other beautiful people, those other prettier girls than I was. And I, no one told me to stop comparing. Mm. And if I can teach other young women, young entrepreneurs to stop comparing and start listening to themselves, that's when they will start making the difference. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to segue to that, into that a little bit. So you, you are a published author. And so tell us a little bit about your book. And then I want you to talk about your mastermind groups because I know you do that too. Ah, uh, yeah. So my book, I wrote more as a healing um, kind of thing. I was invited to participate in a mastermind group through the military. So my husband's a, a veteran, a Navy veteran of 38 years. So I definitely qualified for this group <laughs> because of his service. Mm-hmm. And I would go to these mastermind meetings, and they this was in person. It was a six-month commitment, and we were meeting once a week for two hours. And I was surrounded by amazing entrepreneurs, and we would take breaks, and I would go into the ladies' restroom, and I would do breathing exercises because I was so overwhelmed. Like, how, mm-hmm. God, how did you put me into this situation? How did I ever qualify for this? What am I here? Why am I here? And so I had to change my wording to, I'll be okay. This is all meant to be. I don't understand. I don't need to understand. And I'm going to make this the best experience of my life. Mm. And then I'd go walk back into the room and (laughs) pretend I wasn't crying. (laughs) Working with these other amazing entrepreneurs, I was encouraged to write a book, and I, I, that was not on my radar, not at all. Wow. I was building a digital marketing business, and that's what I wanted to focus on. But the one thing that I had going for me was journaling. So I w- mm-hmm. at that time, I was journaling every day, and I had to tap into my strengths. So my strengths were... I could look up how many words I needed to write a book and I could transcribe my journal and write a book. And I thought it was going to be as easy as that. 
<laughs> I didn't know I was going to have to market it or find an editor or find a publisher or, you know, any of that that goes along with writing a book. But the more I wrote, the more I learned about myself and the more um, I found my strength, I found more courage than I had ever knew that I ever had. And it was an amazing experience. And that mastermind group, I just felt like it was a gift to me. Mm. I was invited to the group, and I didn't want to walk away without taking something from it. Because, you know, it's so easy for us as women just to try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that, and never Mm. finish. Mm -hmm. And so this time I made the decision that I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it. I am going to finish this book and I'm going to publish it, and that's what I did. And I am so proud of the fact that I wrote it, I found an editor, we published it, and it's on Amazon, and it's just, I can add that to my title. Yeah. So I'm pretty proud of it. As you should be. (laughs) As you should be. Now, since since you are a published published author, what are the three most important things to consider when writing a book? What are the three most important things? Okay. Um, I would say create a vision in your mind of what you're creating. And then share that vision with others. So I had my support group that, you know, this is what I was doing. This was the end result that I was going for. And I had to vision myself finishing that book. And when I, mm. even when I think back, I can still see that gift wrapped that mm. I was given to be in the group. Wow. The second piece is I learned that you need to market your book before it's even published. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, I was so focused on finishing it and actually I wanted to burn it I think two or three times along the way and I wanted to quit probably Mm -hmm. eight times or maybe 500 times (laughs) but it the one piece that I as an after fact I really realized that the end goal wasn't necessarily about finishing the book but I also needed to focus on marketing my book and setting that launch date and surrounding myself with like-minded people. Yeah. And then thirdly, um, <clears throat> that marketing piece again. Um, the not only the before the 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 vision, mm-hmm. and then the second piece where I said just marketing before your book is published, and then there's the after. You know, just have a better plan how to promote it and how to, you know, there, there are so many different ways to promote that maybe I did go into it blindly a little bit because I wanted to finish it. So now as, as I look back, I would definitely have a better marketing plan. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, and along with that, I, I created <coughs> Audible. Book, mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun. So I recorded it in my voice. I, mm-hmm. I learned a ton with Amazon, how to upload the book 
onto the website through ACX. So it was a really incredible journey, and it's kind of fun to be able to share with people that journey. So I would always throw it out to anybody that's thinking about writing a book, reach out to me because I'd be more than happy to share everything that I went through. Because it was, it was a nine-month journey. It definitely took nine months from start to finish. Wow. I, I wish I could say mine took <laughs> nine months. Mine took much longer because I don't consider myself a writer. But like you said, mm-hmm. you know, you journaling was something that really helped you to get through that process because that's an important uh, skill, you know, if you're mm-hmm. journaling, you know, that's definitely important and, and, and all that. But what is the, what's mm-hmm. the title of the book? Well, the name of the book is I Have Time for You. And it really made sense to me because I was not making time for myself. Mm. I was the mom who was helping everybody else, and I put myself on the back burner. So I have time for you means I have time for, for Lisa, making time for myself. And my book is... It, it does talk about God and trusting in God's plan. I trust in God's heavenly plan for happiness. So, I mean, God is definitely the underlying um, where the time belongs. But mm-hmm. when I realized that I needed to make time for me, and by doing the journaling every morning and mm-hmm. doing my meditations, that's, that's what changed for me. That's what helped me so much. Yeah, I so love that, and I think this is that's an important thing to point out, particularly to the audience that we're speaking to, because we're speaking to women who are fifty and over, and so many times mm-hmm. when you know we reach that age and even you know older, we realize that you know we've taken care of everybody else, and. Mm-hmm. Your book certainly speaks to the the um, challenge that we have because a lot of times, and and I want to say this too because I think because we'll we'll touch on this also about mental health, but it's something about you know self care and and I know that's a, that's a term that everybody's using now, but those of us who are you know, 50 and over, that wasn't really such a popular concept, you know, coming up. You know, we right. felt like, I know I did, I felt like if I, that, that it might, that, that there was, it was, it might be considered selfish, you know, taking care of myself, right. making time Luxury. for myself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of go through that as well? I did. And you reminded me too that when I wrote this, this was, a time where I was facing an empty nest. Mm. And that's a, that's a transition in life that you really can't prepare for. You kind of think you, you, you can, but you know, I was facing my youngest, leaving home to go to college, and we were very close. So I was trying to figure out, okay, what's next for me? Yeah. Because I was 50. I was just turning 50 and I was like, oh, no, I was into my 50s. And I was like, okay, what, you know, how do I transition with this? Because, you know, it's like I had to become an, I had to reinvent myself because Mm -hmm. I was always my kids' mom. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, there are a lot of women in our age category who are caregivers and, you know, we mm-hmm. have given so much of ourselves and, and then we find ourselves in a place where it's like, okay, just like you just said, you know, what do I do now? I've taken care of my parent mm-hmm. or I've taken care of my children or yeah. I've taken mm-hmm. care, you know, of my husband. Now my husband, you know, maybe he's retired and he's got his own career and, you know, things that he's, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. that he may be focused on. But that mm-hmm. making time for myself or making time for me as in the title of your book, I mean, I can't wait uh, for people to actually read this, and so I can't wait to put the link on there and, and, and people uh, <laughs> to, you know, to get a copy of your book because I think it's just so, so relevant for right now, the times that we're facing and women who are in, in this category that we're in. And even mm-hmm. something I just thought about, even when, you know, we talk about uh, – the culture right now. So we have women or people that's going through this, you know, what what they're calling the great resignation. So now we have women, uh, and and I know I keep saying women because that's who we're talking to, but we, ha- mm-hmm. we have people who are now at a crossroads. You know, they've spent all of this time in a career and doing you know, whatever type of career that they've, that they've had. And so now they're at a crossroads or they're resigning and they're sitting there and they're like, okay, well, what do I do now? Because I've been doing this, you know, for, for 25, 30 years of my life. What do I mm-hmm. do now? And it's the same kind right. of feeling as an empty nester, as someone that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's been, you know, taking care, that's been a caregiver or someone that's been, you know, that's gone through, you know, a lot of, these type of life changes and so now they're at this place and it's like okay what do I do now because I haven't made time for me right 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 so oh well sometimes it's just a wake-up call where things happen so that you have to realize it I mean I just knew that my corporate world did not have the loyalty Mm. that I felt that I deserved that, you know, I was just another number. And I wanted to be more than just a number. Yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah. And that, that, you know, when you realize that, then you can make the shift. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with corporate or right. living the corporate, corporate life. It's just that I chose a different journey. And I, um, yeah, but, no one's, you know, there's no competition. Let's put it back. That's <laughs> right. Back to That's that right. Competition word. That's yeah. exactly right. I, and and I know we kind of touched on this just a second ago, but I wanted to ask you, you know, about mental health because I know what we're talking about as far as self care and you know taking care of ourselves and you know taking care of our mental health. You know, my question is, why is mental health so difficult to understand? My oldest, my son, was diagnosed with autism at around the age of two. Officially, he was diagnosed at the age of three. And I'm so grateful that we were able to get services through through our county. Mm -hmm. And he would not be as high-functioning as he is today if we wouldn't have sought out the support and asked Mm -hmm. the questions because... 
he could have he could have gone down a completely different road and i'm so grateful that i could be his mom and be his number one advocate because i know he he is so high functioning because of how we chose to parent him mm-hmm. and i really feel that mental health is difficult to understand because you can't understand something about someone else unless you walk in their shoes. Oh, wow. Until you walked in, a, in another person's shoes, you will never understand it. And every case is different. Every autistic mm-hmm. case is different. Um, and it's because not only are we all created differently, we understand each other differently. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I became a mom when I was 32, and I thought, you know what, I've finally arrived. You know, I worked corporately, and I wanted desperately to get ahead. I wanted to change the world. I graduated from college, and then I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I walked across the stage accepting my, my bachelor's degree diploma while I was pregnant, not knowing it. And I... My world was centered around my beautiful son after he was born. And for my son, things just didn't seem to come naturally to me. He was quiet. He didn't say much. He was putting rocks in his ears. And he, I mean, he just, he had a few behaviors that weren't at the same level as his peers. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, together with the daycare provider, we had him tested through the school district. And, and he was, he was diagnosed. And... I was humiliated. I was mortified. I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking like, why was my son different? Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned that I had a new role. My role was to be my son's number one advocate. And yeah. again, without those resources, he wouldn't be right. where he's at right now. So I guess what I'm saying is that every case is different. Mental health, we just don't understand. But the most important piece is early um, detection, early, you know, finding things out early to help people early in the game. Because that's what, well, and that's what made the world of difference for our family. It may not for somebody else's, but that's what worked for us. And I truly believe that he wouldn't be where he's at without it. I mean, what a blessing, you know. Um, you know, to, to be able to detect and, and have the kind of, um, you know, and I think it was what you said about you, you knew that he was different. And, it, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, um, you know. I feel like I'm leaving you speechless. Okay, it really huh? does. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. What you said about uh, you knew that your role had changed. I mean, that right, was so right. powerful, you know, in that it was yeah. like, you know, I knew our role had changed, you know, mm-hmm. as a mother and this and, 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 yeah. and the fact that I am his number one advocate. That was just so powerful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't all fun and games. There were many right. tough days with the name calling, the hair pulling, the bruises, yeah. the hurt feelings. But we persevered because we reached out. And now as I think about retirement, you know, I have different concerns. You know, there are many other children out there whose parents are afraid to reach out for help. And mm-hmm. there is a system 
And it will fail you if you don't reach out. Wow. And I was willing to be bold and step out of my comfort zone knowing knowing something wasn't right. And I was mm-hmm. willing to accept that my perfect little guy needed extra help. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's taught me so many lessons. Wow. And so together we're working on his future. And he's, he's learning to be his, his own advocate. He's learning to advocate for himself. What a beautiful yeah. story that is. He's I a love a beautiful him. young man. And let's talk a little bit more about your business. You know, we've talked about your book and, you know, and then, you know, the, the, the fact that you, you, you actually facilitate mastermind groups as well, right? I know you said you attended one, but you also facilitate mastermind groups also, right? I do. So when I went through this program through Bunker Labs to the military, three things came from that. So I became a published author. I ran my first webinar, and then I decided that I wanted to offer this same type of mastermind to other entrepreneurs because I knew if I could be successful, find success, I know other people could. And if it works for the military, why not share it with anyone that, you know, a civilian? And so I, with the help of a coach, I wanted to roll it out in person before COVID. And my coach and I came up with the plan of rolling it out um, in half and, and do it virtually. So instead of six months, two hours in person, my mastermind was three months, one hour virtually. Mm-hmm. And so we have ran two of those programs. We, I did that in 2021. So we had 10 members in the first group and 10 members in the second group. Actually, there were two repeaters. They enjoyed it so much they wanted to come back. <laughs> so we had eight new people and then two repeat on the second. And then now I'm enrolling people into the 2022 mastermind group and that is going to be filled up i'm going to be closing applications at the end of january so on the 31st we'll have the group filled up and then i'll look forward to having another group probably starting in the middle of the year got it so is it is it like twice how many times a year is it well you know since it's so new i'm still kind of learning i'm still trying to decide what to do um, right now I'm yeah. going with a three-month program still because that's what worked. And so we're, we're meeting now January. So it officially will start February, March, and April. And yeah. then we'll, I'll advertise again for the next group to start in April. So there might yeah. be a little bit of rollover. But you're going to find everything on my website. I'm going to keep people... Um, they can kind of follow along with me as when if by just looking at my website sure. or maybe even staying on my email email list if you're curious. Got it. Well, yeah, I mean, and the reason I asked about it because you know I I knew that you did mastermind groups, um, but I didn't know you know how often it was. I didn't know, and and I guess the other question is so what it, what is it that what is the mastermind group about? Is it more like um, is it like according to your book? Does it coincide with your book? You know, what is it about? Well, what it is, it's accountability. 
Got it. So it's basically showing up each week and being accountable for yourself and being accountable to the group. Got it. So each week we leave saying what we're willing to accomplish going forward that week. And then the next week we come back and we talk about how it went and what worked, maybe what didn't work, and what we could do differently. And so it's all based on our goals, Mm -hmm. but our short-term goals that match our our three-month vision. Got it. So is is it for women? Is it for... Um, you know, initially I wanted it to be for both men and women, but right mm-hmm. now it's going really well with just women. Got it. And, you know, really the con- common denominator is that these women have been entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And my premise is that most entrepreneurs get stuck on kind of the same things. So a mastermind pulls all these great minds together and we problem solve together. Mm. So we do have time to share, okay, what isn't working? And we do an exercise where we share what is not, what's not going well and then the other entrepreneurs will troubleshoot what they've done or mm-hmm. suggestions on what they could do differently. Yeah. So yeah. Really, it's, it's an amazing concept. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's you know, I was thinking about the time uh, that I uh, have attended, you know, mastermind groups. And there was one that was very, very powerful. I was, I think it was, um, it was my coach who had one, and this was several years ago, and mm-hmm. I had never been in a mastermind group. And so this was like my first time. And uh, it was, it literally is what changed, it helped me to change the language that I was using as I pivoted from one type of business to another one. Mm-hmm. I was, I was mm-hmm. pivoting from my organizing business to uh, coaching and consulting, but when I pivoted, I had not changed the language, and so I, I was was not getting the type of uh, results that I thought I should be getting. And it was because I wasn't using the right language, you know, when I explained what I was, what I did. And Uh so uh that was my first experience in a mastermind group. It was very, very powerful. So, so yeah, that was, that was why I was asking you, you know, to talk a little bit more about your your, uh, mastermind group. So. Yeah, no, mine, it is, it really is powerful. And I feel like there's a lot of masterminds out there right now and with a lot of them with some heavy-duty price tags. Mm -hmm. And my group is very affordable and I even offer scholarships because I just feel like I'm going to learn from you. (laughs) If you're going to be in my mastermind, (laughs) I know that together we're better. And it just goes back to, you know, who do you surround yourself with? And if you Mm -hmm. surround yourself with like-minded people, um, nothing but good can come from it. So so you are a published author, you facilitate mastermind groups, and you have a digital marketing business. I just don't know how you get all of this done. And I mean, you know, kudos to you. Um, what I, I wanted to ask you, though, because, you know, as I mentioned about your digital marketing business, and so 
that tends to be uh, a little bit of a male-dominated industry, would you say? Would you I say can that see where you would think that. I can see okay. yeah. But I feel that, like, percentage-wise, there are more and more women who are um, becoming entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I think that number, that percentage is shifting. And um, I, you know, and whether it's a man or a woman working their business, I don't think it really matters for me. I mean, I get things done because I, I feel like I'm a good delegator. I know what I'm capable of and what I'm not capable of. And when I'm not able to do something, I look for the right people to help me out. And sometimes it is a man <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> it's a woman. But it just it kind of depends on what I'm looking for. And maybe men are good well, maybe they're not. <laughs> well, I mean, no, well, well. Let, let me let me clarify that question. Maybe yeah. because uh, the the I was asking about the industry that you're in as far as digital marketing. Do you find mm-hmm. that to be a, a male dominated? Go ahead. I don't think that we should let anything um, that I feel that that's like an, a coined phrase. Okay. From okay. years back, by working in in the corporate world, that um, there was a hierarchy. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, God has a plan. However, I really feel that we need to work with strengths and look mm-hmm. at weaknesses in order to move forward. And sometimes it's maybe training each other how we can help each other in a better way yeah. versus, you know, if you feel, if you're feeling like you're working in a male dominated world, it might just be a matter of taking a step back and asking yourself, why do you feel that way? And if you feel that way, maybe it's your time to shine, to move forward and, and be yeah. that person. You know, and, just, and it's, it's a lo- I feel like it's a loaded question. We could probably talk another hour. <laughs> One of the episodes that I that I that went live uh, last mm-hmm. week, um, she has been in the construction industry, and that is male dominated. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know she um, and she was just kind of sharing. And I think that's where my my brain was when I was you know kind of thinking of this question uh, because. It was more or less when she got into that industry. It was definitely mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was like twenty something, you know, years ago. Again, another female, uh, it, you know, in her fifties. And if mm-hmm. we're talking, you know, twenty five, you know, years ago, then definitely the construction industry was more male dominated. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And so you know, was... even like corporately too, you know, years ago, you know, the man was always the president of the company, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, it was always male dominated. And I really feel now that I, I've come to a realization it's, it's all about strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And, you know, as a women, we can break through that when we yeah. realize, you know, we don't have to be intimidated anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be, um, you know, we can just be ourselves. And if we disagree, we can agree to disagree and we can walk away because that's our strength. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know what? It, and you said the perfect, that was the perfect response because it, it is a strength, more likely because she started focusing on that and not the fact that it was, you know, male-dominated. Dom- right. You know, you know and so. we, we reap what we sow. You know, yeah. if we put our energy into intimidation and, um, can't think of the word I was just going to say, but, you know, if we, if we buy into that, you know, mm-hmm. that's what, that's what shows up. Yeah. You know, it, it's like the backwards power of attraction. It's, yeah. you know, whatever we think, it just manifests. It, mm-hmm. it gets kind of out in our way and we get into our head and, those recordings that we put in our mind are oh my gosh. are going to sabotage ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, that would I agree that um, it doesn't have to be that way. That right. it, it's just a matter of how we feel about ourselves and how confident we are. Because there are some amazing women leaders, including Absolutely. yourself. Oh, that you. we don't need. You don't need anybody to say you're good enough because you know you're good enough we may struggle with that a little bit more than men might you know with that Mm -hmm. um that recording you know that's in our head that tells us we're not good enough we're not you know pretty enough or we're not you know whatever those those (laughs) things you know that that we that voice that we hear in our head you know and so i think that that those things tend to um, kind of be a little bit more pre- prevalent, you know, with women than, you know, men, because they, mm-hmm. you know, they look at, they, you know, we're different. They're different. You know, we're different. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, and at the same time, I, you know, I have a, a lot of empathy for men because yeah. in a way they've been demasculated. Is that a word? Yeah. That, you know, they, they a lot were brought up in a different thinking and mm-hmm. everyone's thinking, I think, especially since COVID has really changed that, oh, you know, yeah. a lot for a lot of people, the light went on that, yeah. you know, we are all okay and we are all worthy of happiness and joy and everything mm-hmm. that, that we want. Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, we've all been kind of chained, trained one way and we're mm-hmm. realizing it that maybe not everything we learned was always the right way. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head. It, it's like that what we've learned. I think that mm-hmm. that is probably the key word, the things that, we, that we've learned. Uh, and it's about, of course, you know, reframing that thought process and the things that we, you know, have believed, you know, for so long. And so yeah. what is the belief, trust, and being method? So as I was writing my book, I realized that everything starts out with our belief. And belief comes from knowing without a doubt that success is yours. Mm. You know, belief comes from knowing that the Bible is true. You know, and belief is there's no room for hesitation because it's that internal game, which is a subconscious decision. So belief is the acceptance of what you know to be true. So as my mastermind, when they first start, 
they have to believe in their business. They have to believe that this is, their business is going to make a difference. They've made the decision and that it's time to take action. So the first step in everything we do has to do with our belief. And once you know your belief, after you've made that decision, trust is knowing that you are certain about that truth. So trust means to have confidence that your belief is real. Mm-hmm. So I've really broken it down. And, you know, trust isn't attached to the final outcome, but expect, expect something positive since there's an attachment to the belief. Mm. It's, it, it's the confidence that what you believe is, is true. So trust is knowing that your belief is possible. Mm. And then moving into believing or being rather, it's like receiving, you know, that you're open to receiving all the goodness. When you, with trust in your belief, you're open to receiving all the goodness Mm -hmm. that will come from your belief and your trust. It's an openness that allows goodness. So life is always offering us opportunities Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. receive what we desire. So the ability to receive is powerful. And Mm -hmm. so when we take on that ability, we start being that person so that the choice to receive happiness and abundance brings you into a happier state of being. Mm, Wow. So those three together won't happen unless you're willing to take action. And action is meaning taking that first step, not waiting for the perfect moment, but action, action's not about getting it perfect, but it's embracing the imperfection, forgetting the perfection, and just aiming for progress. Mm. So, you know, and in my book, it's, I say over and over again, commit to the process and detach from the outcome. So mm-hmm. powerful. Go ahead. Yeah, action means you're, you're trusting yourself and you're trusting the process to know, enough to know that small steps add up in the end. Now, I know in your business, as, as a digital marketing um, company, that mm-hmm. you know you help your uh, entrepreneurs, you know, manage their reputations and their legacy, and and actually build authority. Am I correct? Would mm-hmm. I be correct? Okay. So, how do you build authority? How do you do well, that? Writing my book. Mm-hmm. gives me authority it makes mm. you know it, it's just one of those another piece of the puzzle of who I am with my digital marketing person that I am a real person that mm. I am doing things to move myself forward um, and along with that you know comes um, the word gratitude just kind of popped in my mind and that's mm. not answering your question no that's um, fine. but the um, yeah. How do you build authority? Mm. By being yourself and trusting. Mm. You know, you have, you have the belief in what you're doing, and then you mm. trust what it is that your belief is, mm-hmm. and then you allow 
all the goodness to be attracted to you. And you do that because of the action steps that you take. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have, I mean, automation and duplication does give me a lot of extra time because a lot of times all I'm doing is just hitting a button and um, things magically happen when you push a button sometimes. And and that's, gives me the time to be able to do things like this and spend oh, time with know. amazing people like you. <laughs> you know you're talking my language when we talk about I automation know. and hitting <laughs> buttons and systems and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, see, well, I think people are afraid of technology. I think, yeah. you know, the, the 50 and up group didn't grow up with electronics yeah. or technology i mean we struggled with the vcr god forbid we get the the, the tape caught in the vcr and you have to <laughs> you know suffer the wrath of your parents yeah. so that's why we're still hand offish yeah with with technology because we're afraid we're going to break it and our kids these millennials and younger are like no here give it to me let me try this no it didn't work let me try this because they can't break anything right Right. Yeah. You know, that is we so broke true. the VCR. We were in trouble and you know, the repair shop wasn't gonna be able to fix it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Is, is there anything in your business like you like more than than the other? I love yeah. the people. It's all about the relationships yeah. that I have been building and it's always been about the people, whether I worked as a waitress or worked an online business. that, you know, sometimes as an entrepreneur, it can feel pretty lonely because you feel like it's an uphill battle. But once I discovered that it's okay to ask questions, it's okay Mm. to be vulnerable and transparent and reach out, Mm -hmm. that's a game changer because it's um, it really, when I realized that it's about the relationships, that's really what helped me. Yeah. Um, I really, I have a hard time putting my finger on anything negative. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would say that um, I'm my own worst critic, mm-hmm. and I That's, have to, yeah. you know, let, yeah, let go of the imposter syndrome, let go of the um, perfectionism, and just take those steps because yeah. I really have realized that fear, the only Fear serves me. When I know that I'm afraid of something, it means that I'm ready to break through something new because Mm -hmm. I have the ability to make things good out of everything. I can make lemonade out of pretty much anything. Yeah. And, you know, that's the mindset that you have to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, And I totally get what you're, you know, what you're saying, you know, because there are things that can be perceived as a negative you know, or something Mm -hmm. that you may dislike, but it's always, like you're saying, uh, it's always, you can always make uh, lemonade out of lemons. And I love that (laughs) perspective. But are there some business tips that you would like to share with the listeners? You bet. Um, I have seven powerful secrets Mm. that is free downloadable on my website. And it it's there for you to it's powerful secrets to monetize and scale your sales and profits. Mm. And we all need profits. Mm-hmm. And we all need sales. <laughs> so there's seven secrets that I really feel that have made a difference on in my online journey. Mm. Um, and 
if you don't follow these seven steps, you won't have the sales. You won't have, you, we need the leads. We need mm-hmm. the sales to, to move forward to help more people. Yeah. So um, there we go. It's a freebie, right? Yay. It's a freebie. Yay. And yeah. I, I love that because, um, you know, again, you have shared, I mean, you know, even about, you know, mindset, mindset and, you know, that mental thing, which is, Mindset is everything. Every successful um, entrepreneur will attribute their success to mindset. Mm-hmm. Everyone, every mm-hmm. single one. You know, I had a lady tell me one time, um, we were going to work together, and so I was, you know, kind of sharing with her a little bit about, um, but mm-hmm. when we talked about, some of like the modules that we would cover in terms of uh, her getting the results that she wanted. I talked about mindset. Mindset. She said, well, I don't really need the mindset part because I'm a minister and so I understand, you know, the mindset part. And I Mm -hmm. thought, well, that's interesting. And and I thought to myself, uh, that might be the problem right there. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is mm-hmm. a it daily is. process, daily renewal, daily reframing, daily rethinking, you know, mm-hmm. because you're always being attacked in your mind. That's mm-hmm. where the enemy attacks you in your mind. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously we didn't, you know, work together because we, we couldn't because there was nothing when you're not coachable or trainable or, you know, then that was going to be an issue. So we didn't work together, but I digress from that. But my point was about mindset. And so you have shared so many nuggets, you know, about, you know, mindset and about uh, your your methodology. And even when we were talking about the male-dominated, you know, industries, that helped me, you know. And so uh, oh. is there... Is, is, there, is there anything else that you wanted to share? You know, you read my mind because I do <laughs> like to have fun. <laughs> and um, I, you can follow me along on Instagram. I'm this Instagram junkie that I post once a day of what I'm grateful for. Mm. And it's just kind of a fun thing to put out there and just watch the reaction of people. Mm. <laughs> so that's fun. And what am I posting? I am posting after co- during COVID, I took on making sourdough bread. So oh. I, I bake sourdough bread all the time in the winter. Mm. And then in the spring, I plant zinnias. I, my first year of planting zinnias, I bought... 13 packets of zinnias. I went crazy. (laughs) um, You know, what's fun is to be able to give to other people. And I really feel that COVID helped me move from just living to giving. And so now I don't have to worry. I can just give people bread. I can give people zinnias because I just want to spread the love and I want to give something to them and they don't you know, if they don't want it, they could throw it in the garbage and they don't even have to tell me. But I know they're not going to throw my bread away because it's like really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I love to have fun. And it's important. It's so important to have fun. So 
it really is. Follow me on Instagram if you want, if you're looking for fun in your life. I'm, I'm, I love fun. Well, you know, I just, I think I just um, uh, followed you because I don't think we were following oh. each other on uh, Instagram. So hopefully. Oh, okay. Right well, one, I will look so. for you. Okay. Yeah. Very so fun. I'm following good. you now. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I'm honored. Well, <laughs> I love it. Well, Lisa, I, <laughs> I'll help I you am. too. <laughs> well, Lisa, I am so thankful for you joining me on the show today, and I would love for you to come back as we, you know, do another season. Um, I'm going to break from interviews after after this interview. This I'm going to take a break uh, and okay. and have another. There'll be season two, but it's going to be a different kind of podcast show. Uh, it's actually mm-hmm. not going to be interviews, and then I'll relaunch doing, you know, interviews. So I want you to come back, and uh, we can talk okay. about some more good stuff because when, when we, you know, definitely when we come back, I'm sure you will have had your master classes and things like that, and you'll have some more exciting things, you know, to share um, oh, with yeah, us. So, definitely. Yeah, so well, that's definitely. that's exciting, Eldrima. I'm yeah. excited for you, your second season. Fun. Yes, yes, yes. And what better way to end the season with an amazing entre- entrepreneur like Lisa Carmichael. Yes. Oh, <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. But anyway, well, thank so, you yes. so much. You've you've touched me. You've touched my soul, and I I oh. love you for that. Thank oh. you, Eldrima. Well, thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate your time, and um, and I believe it was definitely well spent. And the the listeners that that will get to listen, you know, to the replay and everything. I I believe mm-hmm. that they will definitely enjoy. Um, the value that you bring to the marketplace and what you share with us. So thank you so much. Hi, this is Aldrima Harper, and thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you got value for where you are in your entrepreneurial endeavor. And if you'd like to know more about how I can further serve you, simply go to coachdrima.com. Again, that's CoachDreamer.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Have an amazing day.